There is a cute story about a boy who worked hard to maintain a great attitude. No matter what he did, he always had a happy attitude, a positive demeanor. Do you know anybody like that? Happy attitude, positive demeanor. Well, this boy, for example, went outside today and he took his, went outside one day and he took his baseball and his bat and he said to himself, I'm going to be the greatest batter in baseball history. And he, playing by himself, took his ball and threw it up, grabbed his bat and swung at it and he missed and he said, strike one. Undaunted, he picked up the ball again, saying, I'm going to be the greatest batter in baseball. He took the ball again, tossed it up, grabbed his bat, swung at it, and said, strike two. He then looked at his hands, spit on them, rubbed them together, as he had seen some big league ball players do. He got his bat again, got his ball, threw the ball up, tossed it in the air, swung his bat, and missed. He said, strike three. And then, without missing a beat and with a wide grin on his face, he said, I'm going to be the greatest pitcher in baseball. <laughs> Our word of the week is happiness. It's a good word, especially after last week's word, if you were here. Here's the thing to say about happiness. Happiness doesn't just come to us automatically. It doesn't just happen. Happiness has to be cultivated, practiced. In our first lesson, we heard some words from Paul the Apostle from the letter to the Philippians. Here's what Eugene Peterson says, writing about Paul's letter to the Philippians. This is Paul's happiest letter. And, he, and the happiness, Peterson says, is infectious. We read a few lines and we begin to feel the joy of the letter, the dance of words and the exclamations of delight have a way of just kind of getting inside of us, Peterson says. Happiness is not a word we can understand by looking it up in the dictionary. Like other qualities in the Christian life, it cannot be learned out of a book. We learn it by experiencing it from others. We learn it by seeing it lived out. We learn it by Sensing it in space and in time, Paul simply and unmistakably is happy. And it has nothing to do with his circumstances, zero to do with his condition in life. Actually, he writes Philippians from a jail cell. Actually, after all of his work, he is constantly being persecuted and pressured under attack from others. And after 20 years of hard traveling and serving Christ, spreading the gospel, he's tired. He needs relief, but Paul continues to cultivate and embody real joy, real happiness. We see it in this passage. He says in chapter 4, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is excellent, whatever is commendable, fix your eyes on these things. Stay focused on these things. Keep thinking and doing on these things that you've learned from me. This is what he means. You do your best. You live as God's people by working toward, by focusing on the best. 
not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Do that and God makes everything work together for harmony and for hope. Proverbs 17, puts it like this. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a downcast spirit dries up the bones. What a phrase. A downcast spirit dries up your bones. We're called to cultivate happiness. We're invited to stay focused on what is noble and commendable and pleasing and positive, and God will make things work together for harmony and hope, if not immediately, then eventually. If not in this life, then certainly in the next. My brother-in-law, two years younger, married to Ginger's sister, has recently been diagnosed with lymphoma. We got a family email on Friday of this very week, and this is what it said. Good morning. They changed the date for this next biopsy to today, so we're waiting in the ultrasound lab before surgery is at 10. Sarah, that's our niece, is keeping us entertained. Probably another week before the final diagnosis and treatment plan. Chemo port is to be put in the chest on Monday. That's tomorrow. We're ready to get this party started. Have a great weekend. Love to all. This happy attitude, this spirit has been part of this family since the beginning of their unfortunate, difficult, troubling diagnosis. Through every trial, through every medical procedure, this has kind of been their attitude, their spirit. Here's what we know. It's not ever really what happens to us. It's how we deal with what happens to us. It's never about what comes our way. It's how we handle what comes our way. And this is what Paul is talking about in Philippians how we live, how we focus, what we think on, that is what makes for happiness, a life of wholeness, a life of hope in God's abiding care. And as we think about happiness, some words from Ecclesiastes seem so pertinent. As we live our lives, we find ourselves chasing so many things for happiness. And that's actually what Ecclesiastes is all about, this chase for happiness. We try this, we try that. The usual fields of our endeavor include money or sex or power or adventure or something else. Everything seems to be promising at first in this search for happiness, but most often these pursuits leave us feeling empty Ecclesiastes, the book that comes right after the book of Proverbs, is a famous witness to this experience in futility. I want to read a few verses from chapter 9 and a few verses from chapter 12. First, from chapter 9, beginning at verse 7, Go eat your bread with enjoyment and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has long ago approved what you do, let your garments always be white. Do not let oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that are given you under the sun because that's your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might for there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you're going. And then from chapter 12, 
Remember your Creator in the days of your youth. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God, keep His commandments, for that is the whole duty of everyone. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is another word about happiness. It's about enjoying the journey. It's about appreciating the simple gifts of life. Happiness comes as we go and enjoy the food and and drink of the day. It, It says, go eat with enjoyment. It means have lunch with a friend. It means uh, notice the sunset. It means be sincere about conversations around the dinner table. It means living with some kind of purpose, taking in a movie, being enriched, enjoying your kids and your grandkids. It means being intentional at nurturing relationships that sustain us. These are all the things that this passage is urging us. The writer of Ecclesiastes says, quote, let your garments be white and do not let oil be lacking from your head. White garments in the ancient world and ointment and oil on your head were signs of festivity, signs of celebration. Life is short. It must be lived, not selfishly, but fully engaging others, building connections, We're made for connection. We are. We're social beings. We need each other. And this is urging us to be about that. That's why we have second Sunday lunch on Sundays around here after worship. We share concerns. We seek to make the most of our days with fellowship, with connections. We build community. All this is about nourishing our spirits, moving us toward happiness. We need each other other. A rabbi tells a story of going to the beach on vacation. As he sat on the beach, he watched two children playing in the sand, and as you might guess, they were building a sandcastle right by the water. The sandcastle had towers, it had gates, it had a moat around it. They were working hard, they were having fun, but as you also would guess, Pretty soon a wave comes and turns all of their creation into a muddy, sandy mess. The rabbi fully expected the children to be upset by this, probably revealed in anger and disappointment, in tears, devastated by the loss of all their hard work. But the children surprised him, he writes. Instead of crying, they held each other's hand. They had a belly laugh. They sat down and they began to build another sandcastle. The rabbi said he learned an important lesson from those children. All the things that we spend our time building, creating, structuring, all the complicated structures that we put our energy into with so much time and energy creating, they're all built on sand. Sooner or later the wave comes to knock it down and what we have worked so hard to build up is no more. And when all of that happens, it's crucial to be able to hold somebody's hand, laugh, and carry on. That's what matters the most. Close relationships, church community, tending to the journey every day, supporting each other and the sorrows and the sadness that come our way. This is all critical for happiness. So happiness comes from cultivating it. It comes from 
enjoying the daily journey. It comes from building community. Happiness also comes from purposeful life, purposeful living. Ecclesiastes teaches us in that final verse, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. And remember your Creator. Keep the commandments. This is the whole duty. One of my preacher friends this week uh, shared with me this story about Joe Riley. You know, some of you know the name Joe Riley. Joe Riley was the mayor of Charleston, South Carolina for more than 30 years. He's no longer the mayor. He's now past 80, but he continues to live a purposeful life. As the mayor of Charleston across those decades, he was famous for always going somewhere, doing something, carrying people with him, always on the go. One day he went to visit an elementary school. He was going to read a story to the children in this particular elementary class, and that's what he did. He sat down and he read a book on the floor with the children, and at the end of the story... He asked the children if they would please go home and ask their parents to read them another story. He was urging them to keep reading, to keep reading and growing. Will you do that for me, he said. Raise your hands if you're going to do that for me. And all the children in the class raised their hand except one little boy. And at the end of the class, the mayor went straight to the little boy and asked him why he didn't raise his hand. The little boy told him that he didn't have a daddy and that his mama was working that night and he would be home, home all by himself. Joe Riley told the boy, I'm going to read to you. And that's what he did. He would go to that school on a regular basis and sit with that particular child and meet the little boy reading him stories after stories. It was a standing appointment in his calendar across his time as mayor. It was as important to him as a meeting with a local dignitary or a business leader or somebody else. He showed up and he read to the little boy over and over again. He may still be doing it for all we know. Happiness comes from purposeful lives that have a purpose beyond ourselves. Sharing compassion, spreading hope, working for God's healing and justice and light in the world. Our world needs this so much, needs us so much doing this. This is what God calls us all to be about. Many of you know this very well. Many of you give your uh, lives, a portion of your week even, to come downtown and sustain the ministries of this church. Many of you are here serving at walk-in or tutoring at Chimborazo or doing some other deed that's a part of the life and witness of this church for God's work in the world. You share yourself, you give, you live purposefully for God's work in the world. This is our calling. This is the way to happiness. Today we gather at the Lord's table. This is World Communion Sunday. This is our Sunday to be here also as we gather and share this bread and Partake of this cup, uniting our hearts with people around the globe. May we think about cultivating happiness in our own lives. May we sit here as we partake and think about nurturing 
community and where it's most needed and where it could be most beneficial for you. May we sit here and partake of this meal and think about our purpose and ways we could be more about God's purposes with our lives because it's all about shining God's light bright in this city and across the world as faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. May we cultivate happiness and be about God's healing and hope in our hurting world. Alleluia. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, to turn from you is to fall, to turn to you is to rise, to serve your purposes. Well, that is to abide forever. We seek that way, O God, following Christ our Lord. Amen.